When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Back to our live and local programming, which is the hallmark of WABC, your place to be. WABC, oftentimes an acronym, uh, means uh, always broadcasting, Curtis. And more so over the last 10 days, as my wife Nancy has said to me, who has joined me once again here today. We do this every holiday because it is so special for many of our listeners who can't be with anybody, who can't travel, who are alone at home, and know that this is their family, this is their friend, 24-7-365. As you have said to me, doesn't anybody want to work over at WABC? No, it seems like a great place to work. You don't have to show up all that much. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about that later tonight when I return at 9. In fact, the Wall Street Journal comments on that. In their uh, New Year's edition, which obviously few, if any, people are going to read, why is it that your co-workers seem to be so much less ambitious and don't want to seem to work? And then they think it's good riddance to the end of the year of the narcissists. Well, I can only tell you, narcissism uh, is alive and well here at WABC. Oh, my God. As you said, Nancy, as you were walking around because there are a few people here, there are pictures of Sid Rosenberg in every hallway with no shirt on. Oh, yeah. He's like mid pulling his shirt off. I'm trying to figure out how he got into every single hallway. You know, when it's really busy here, you don't really take notice of it. But when it's like the catacombs, you look around and it's like every second picture is Sid Rosenberg with his shirt off. I'm surprised he hasn't snuck his way into the bathroom yet. <laughs> oh, he probably will. But I'm going to comment on all of that later on. And then you're going to rejoin me at 11 o'clock, the Animal Welfare Hour, which is the most listened to, the most requested, the most called into of the many hours that I do at WABC, which this weekend almost is setting a record. I think it's a total of 42 hours. A lot of people don't realize... I one time did a stint on a weekend. It was a Memorial Day weekend at the old WABC of 32 straight hours, 32 straight hours on air. And the uh, very program director who left me on a Friday called up late in the day on Saturday and said to the board operator, how is Curtis on the air? When I left, he was on the air. I said, he hasn't left. You're kidding. He's got to get out of there. He said, no, everybody said, if Curtis is on the air, he's got my back, so I'm just going to take the extended Memorial Day weekend off. 
So you just locked yourself in there and, and had all your supplies ready? Had all my supplies, had all my files, and I just kept talking, talking, talking. And it was all call-driven. Uh, as it is with me, it's all call-driven, as it will be today, as it is every day. And just to recap, last night was absolutely incredible here at WABC. Because although I smack some of our colleagues for being slackers, deadbeats, and forgetting how important it is to be here and not in other places, our owners and operators, John and Margot Katsimatidis, came into the studio to welcome in the new year to all of our listeners, and we were getting calls globally from all over the world. Rita Cosby was here. Nancy, you were here with... um, our newest rescue cat, the runt of the litter, who uh, would not have made it to 2023 if not for you rescuing uh, her from uh, <clears throat> Loki, right, destruction and euthanasia at the nearby shelters. And then, of course, it was me. And you have posted the video of that. How can people access that so they can see that for themselves? You can go to Curtis Sliwa Twitter or um, Instagram, Curtis Sliwa. Now, you see, uh, it should be up on WABC, but <clears throat> none of them are working. God forbid, you know, as they sit at home, you know, and they're, and they're doing their own social networking. God forbid they had to actually post this on the most powerful news talk radio station in the nation's social media sites. God forbid. Oh, my, uh, I'll be traumatized. Uh, I got to update my Facebook. This is what I had this morning for breakfast. I had the uh, Grand Slam, you know, with extra bacon at the nearby Denny's. Oh, yeah, that, that's really important. I mean, this was historic video. And we looked around and we said, how do we post this? And WABC benefits, right? No way to. Don't, no, nobody to call, nobody to do it. And you say to yourself, we're a global radio station now. No longer local, no longer regional, no longer national. We're global. We're getting calls in from all over the world because of the technology that exists. The app, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to make a New Year's resolution, get an app. If you have a smartphone, an iPhone, you can listen to our programming 24 hours a day while you walk around with your phone, either in your pocket or in your hand. Yeah, or, or even in your, your car, you I, know, you just post it in I your car. I think in the work environment, it's it's always one bad seed. So I have a feeling that, that Frank started this trend with everyone taking off. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that Mama Luke later on. He, he's just one of many. But Nancy, also, you've listened to WABC in all different ways. At work. Yes. On your worktop computer. On the uh, live stream. On your laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen you in walking around listening to WABC on your iPhone. Yeah. Your smartphone. What's the best? Well, what gives you the best clarity no matter where you are? Because, you know, some people say, well, I can hear you. Uh, but when I go under a tunnel or if I'm in this pocket, I can't hear. What gives you the absolute best reception? Um, for me, it's the app. Um, and because you can listen to it wherever you're going. So uh, sometimes I'm listening on the the Internet, but it depends the signal, right? Because sometimes you might need like Wi-Fi but on the app, it's good all the time. And you'll even get it on the subway platforms and between the stations, too. So and what's the clarity compared to? Oh, it's to, great. It's so so compared clear. to listening to it on the stream or like on what I do, the terrestrial radio, because yeah. I'm old school, or in a car, in a car radio, van radio, a truck radio, 
And, you know, now that Elon Musk has led the way, eliminating AM radio from the electric cars and so many other competitors have jumped in on the assembly line and are making electric cars themselves. Chrysler, Ford, General Motors, Toyota, Hyundai, the European manufacturers, they all are eliminating AM radio. It's a war on AM radio. People have to realize there's so many other ways to listen to this thing that is that it's the most intimate form of communication that has ever been created whether you believe it was Marconi, as I do, the Italian guy, or you believe, like the Serbians do, that it was Tesla. Yeah, the same one that the uh, car manufacturing uh, uh, joint of uh, Elon Musk is uh, named after. But either or, it reaches right into your heart, mind, and soul. And it was no better evidence of that when the ball came down last night. You can see the video. You can see John and Margot Katzmatidis here. You could see Rita Cosby here, Nancy here. You could see Loki here, the cat. And you can see me here because this is not work. People think this is work. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, come in. Then this is, wow, there's nothing like this in the world to be able to intimately contact people all over the globe who you know are dependent on you because they may not have anybody around on a day like today. Maybe uh, their loved ones uh, are no longer here on this plane or they've left or they moved or or maybe they're ill or they're a shut-in or as we've experienced over the last 72 hours, Nancy, how many of the callers have identified themselves as sight-challenged, blind, this is their only way to connect, and we're their connection to the world. And now that it's the first of the year, I think everyone's taking it easy today and starting to strategize their week, their year, and they just want something that they can listen to and calm their mind. So I think this is giving everyone a good opportunity to just get their head straight and focus on the new year. Well, they can calm their mind while you're with me, but when I'm solo, you think they're going to be cool, calm, and collected? No, because I get them so riled up. I get them so dazzled. I tell them, you're not going to sleep on me. Uh, you know, forget the Salmonex. Forget the Ambien. I mean, we're going to amp it up, man. This is like Adderall, the legal form of amphetamines as opposed to amphetamines because we take it to the break of dawn 24-7-365 and people are so appreciative on holidays in fact let's open it up to our extended family all over the globe now all over the globe people are listening to us on this app you know we oftentimes say you know when the sun goes down and this is true our tower of power in lodi new jersey fifty thousand powerful watts of sound can reach 38 states parts of canada a sliver of uh, europe and right on down to Davy Jones's locker between Bahamas, which used to shelter that FTX punk who stole $32 billion, and Bermuda, which was the first place that Cousin Brucey would broadcast from. He could not get a job in New York. He could not get a job Wait, anywhere so in America. he had to work in Bermuda. That, was, he that sent, sounds like a, a great option. Well, yeah, but imagine. <laughs> here it is. He ends up becoming the greatest DJ of all time. Yeah. Knocked out Wolfman Jack in a one-on-one competition in New York when Wolfman Jack was at WNBC and they were spending millions promoting him. Local guy, I might say, born in Williamsburg. And then you have, uh, obviously, Cousin Brucey born in Brooklyn. What a battle. And guess, guess who had to say no mas, no mas, and go back to Los Angeles? Wolfman Jack. And then, interesting, Cousin Brucey said, okay, WNBC, he spent how much money trying to destroy me? Uh, how about hiring me? Because WABC is not treating me well. And do you know that all of a sudden he was hired by WNBC as Wolfman Jack went over to Los Angeles 
And Cousin Bruce, he said, that's right. You did not treat me well in that competition. You actually believed the hype that Wolfman Jack would believe and beat me. So now he switched. And then it was John and Margot Katzmatidis who brought him back to his home, away from home, WABC, like a lot of our listeners. See, nobody tells these kind of stories. Because, you know, they're too busy reading off of cue cards. You know, oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's right, we got a break now. Hey, screw the break. This is live and local radio. You know, you got all these technicians here. Oh, well, you know. And they, hey, hey, look, I've been doing this 35 years. Don't tell me how to do radio, huh? These young little whippersnappers, these, uh, what do we call them? Oh, oh, but you're one of them, millennials. Huckleberries. That's right, huckleberries. You know, all of us, oh, I, I got to do my social networking. What are you looking down at? You should be paying attention to the program. You like your social networking? How do you like the unemployment line, huh? This is old school, oh, ladies and York, gentlemen. in New York, it's great. Oh, that's it. They just stare <laughs> at their friends. And they wonder why they get mugged, beaten in the back of the head, right? Somebody comes up, your money or your life, but please don't take my iPhone. Without my iPhone, I won't have a life. Yes, you will. With AM 970, WABC, Theater of the Mind. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And as uh, we pass from 2022, as we did last night with the dropping of the ball, we did it locally here. And I mean, unlike uh, CNN, you know, they were kept promoting you got to see uh, Heckle and Jekyll there. You got to see the two guys. You know, like little junior high school kids. Oh, we're drinking, we're drunk. <laughs> God, that Andy Cohn gives me a headache. Is that his name, Andy Cohn? Bravo. Yeah, yeah. And then Anderson Cooper. Hey, well, oh, he goofball, right? It's like, please. See, the problem is they set the bar really high last year, so they had to come in over the top this year, and they just didn't. Nah. They didn't do it. No, nah, it was so it was so weak. Uh, weak. They were poop putts. Weak. And again, that that's you could tell it's all hyped. That's yeah. not them. Yeah. That's not uh, the way you see Anderson Cooper. You know, Andy Cohen, he's smiling, you know, his eyes rolling around. and it's, it's like, no, no, no. When you tuned into WABC, the owners and operators were here. They were broadcasting. Nancy, you were broadcasting. Loki was here. Rita Cosby was here. I was here. We were all coming from different places. But we knew the place that we had to be when that ball dropped was not at some trendy restaurant or some trendoid party or raising the roof at Club Zero Bar. No, no. We had to be right here at WABC because that was our connection and is our connection to the world. It's a global entity. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And I can't say it enough. I know there were so many of you. And that's why we began this tradition. Uh, after I had that, what was that, 2017 I had the yeah, operation? Yeah, 2017. And it was eight and a half hours uh, on the operating table at Columbia Presbyterian. Nancy was with me there side by side, and uh, the decision was made to keep operating on me because it was bad, the chronic Crohn's disease. They were not going to close me up. They were going to shoot the dice and say, nah, we, we got to do this for Curtis. He, he's a warrior. You know, He's not going to want to come back here in like two years, and we got to do it. Let's go in and do the job once and do it right. And really it was because of Margot Katsimatidis, who was here last night to welcome in the new year, who had looked at me and said, you're dying. Remember how everyone, what, what, what would other people say to me? When oh, they, they were say, asking you what you were doing because you looked so good. <laughs> you lost so much weight. You've lost so much weight. Could you share that with me? Oh, yeah. You want chronic Crohn's disease? Uh, you know, it's not transferable. Uh, you know, you're not going to catch it from me. But would you like to suffer 23 hours a day? Right, yeah, and you'll lose a lot of weight. You'll go from 220 
down to 140, right? which what, was me. What is the tipping point between compliments and concern? Yeah, but you see, they weren't being genuine. Well, you know what? I think also people, when they see you so much, like when I look at pictures now of you, it's so drastic. And I noticed it at the time, but I think it's that cumulative effect. You don't realize it until you look back at pictures a month later. So I don't think people saw it the same because they were seeing you every day. You weren't changing your habits. I mean, it wasn't affecting you. I mean, you would continue to work, so people were seeing you every day. Right, but, boy, you looked at me and I was a dead man walking, and that brings us back to 2022 and the loss of our colleague because we are broadcasting from uh, a schmuck putts at the board. Uh, I didn't see the intro that said the Bernard McGurk studio here. Well, uh, oh, you just press one button because it's so easy. A button from what? 2013, you know, it's like nobody, uh, this should be the intro to every time we come back into programming. This should be the resolution for 2023. We are broadcasting here at 77 WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation from the Bernard McGurk studio. This is where we all broadcast from. And that should be part and parcel of every introduction. I'm going to hammer it away with our owners and operators and the suits, the mockers, the muckety-mucks, because one thing we learned from Bernard, not only was he a great producer, not only was he a great talk show host, but he, like so many others out there, and you've had family members and friends, waited too long before the cancer that was in his body began to ravage him. And in his case, it was prostate cancer. He would not get a simple blood test. So many people out there, the tougher they are, the bigger they are. I waited too long. Rudy Giuliani waited too long. Luckily, we were able to overcome it. But with Bernard McGurk, I remember he walked into the studio. He knew that I had suffered with prostate cancer. He said, Curtis, and he closed the door. It's almost like, shh, I think I got prostate cancer. I said, what do you mean you think? It's a simple blood test. Morning. I know, I know. And then he gave me the, gave me the symptoms that he had, and I knew, wow, this is bad. That's, I didn't even have that. It sounds to me like it's metastasized. I never told him that. I told him, you got to get, get the simple blood test. And then the process began, and he fought like a warrior. I mean, he, he actually broadcast sometimes from his bed in his home near Long Beach. With uh, Sid Rosenberg, people don't realize it's almost like he was in hospice so that every ounce of energy he had was put into the program. But you could almost tell, you could listen to his voice. You knew that he was fading as a warrior. Even a guy like Bernie who came out of the projects, Monroe Housing Project, South Bronx, uh, you know, didn't take the easy route uh, on his way up, but loved this thing of ours. Talk radio could not fight the spread of cancer that ravaged his body. And if there's one thing that everybody out there must commit to, wherever you are, because obviously women cannot get prostate cancer. They get other cancers that men get. But prostate cancer is the thing that men fear the most because they think they're going to become impotent, incontinent. They think they're going to become a eunuch. They don't want to know about it. They don't want to hear about it. There are so many myths out there that they'll no longer be able to go to the porcelain palace, the urinal. They'll have to copper squat like women, you know, on the porcelain palace. Yeah, that's the reality. And they don't even take a simple blood test. They prick your finger, and it saves lives 99% of the times that it's detected. 
It can be resolved. You can resume a normal life. And yet, if anything, this year should resonate. 2023, Bernard McGurk and his spirit force the men in your life to get the simple blood test because many of them will not do it on their own. And don't wait until they're 55. The government, oh, 55. Baloney. It starts at 40. People have been getting prostate cancer. And then if there's so many remedies now that I didn't even have, I chose the wrong remedy. And, boy, I suffer as a result of that. But there are so many remedies now. Gives you an opportunity, if you do have prostate cancer, to determine what remedy you want and talk to the doctors. Don't just, you know, oh, you know, I have the best doctor in the world. No, no. Go out there, prospect, find out what you think you'll be most comfortable in doing. Our number is one 800 Our tribute to Bernard McGurk as we uh, begin the live and local broadcasting here at WABC, which has made us, once again, the number one news talk station in the nation. But as I've said over and over again, it's hard to get to be number one. It's tougher to remain number one. But it is a family, our extended family. Sometimes here with dysfunctional Nancy, as you know, all the personalities with their humongous egos like bulls in a china shop. But to all of you out there, wherever you are, you got to know you're part of our family. You're a friend of ours. And feel free to call in on a day. But statistically, more people end up taking their lives because they see it. Everybody's celebrating. Everybody having a good time. Everybody imbibing. Now everyone blazing away. Marijuana is legal in so many places. And they're saying, why do I feel so miserable on such a celebratory day? Are we for madness? Uh, pretty much. But no, this, uh, this is a time of year that is the most depressing for so many. Just know... You got a home of your own. You got friends here. We we know what you're going through. Just uh, reach out to us and touch us as we will touch you and continue to do it. 365, 24-7, all year round, right here at WABC, your place to be. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. And if you can't be with the one you love, honey, not the one you win. 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 Don't be angry. Don't be sad. Can't be with the one you love, honey. Love the one you with. 
But now we got to make a change. We got to say, love the one who may have one of 72 different sexual identifications or gender identifications. Just accept whatever they say they are for that particular moment on that given day of that given week of that given month of this given year. You know, I saw Crosby, Stills, and Nash at the Beacon Theater. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, the best. Now, you saw... Crosby, Stills, and Nash. No younger, no younger. Because they, for a while, they had banned him to Canada. Yeah, no. So just those, just them. Oh, Neil Young. Who's great? Super spectacular. In fact, if you notice, in 2022, I went to war against Spotify on behalf of Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and Joni Mitchell, uh, who said, "Yo, Joe Rogan, you know." It's either us or Joe Rogan. We're going to pull our playlist. And they say, yeah, nobody's interested in Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Well, guess what? They were true warriors. They said, we're taking our list off. We don't want to be associated with that muscle head. By the way, who I hate, I loathe, I really despise. You talk about the age of, what is that, narcissism? Narcissism. How do you say that again? Narcissism. Yeah, I, I, I have a list when it comes to that. He is the ultimate one. You know, muscle head. He's blazing away. He's smoking blunt. I'm cool. I'm hip. And then he says things. He's totally lying. And he never comes back, like all of us in talk radio, to correct it. You know, we're all guilty of that. We don't want to go back and correct ourselves. But he more so than others. I'll never forget. And he told that story. Here, here she is, uh, the woman that uh, Frank Morano is obsessed with. Uh, he's a stalker of Tulsi Gabbard. Woman in white, right? It's all over Fox News Channel now. Frank, oh, I want to interview her. I love her. She should be president. She won't give him any play. He's That's sit- the story she's- of Frank's life. Right. She's sitting there while they're doing that interview with, uh, you know, Joe Musclehead Rogan. He goes, you know, I got a friend. He's a female teacher. She says that one of her students is a furry, you know, who pretends to be a cat. And they had to put... Uh, a litter box in the classroom in the uh, where you put your clothes. Yeah. And, like, everybody believed that nonsense. And then all of a sudden, a month later, because people were saying, who is this, you know, you can't hide behind HIPAA laws on this one. Psych! I made it all up. Like, he makes up a lot of stuff. I mean, that's common in talk radio, but we call that theater of the mind. He acts like, oh, you know, I'm... I'm I'm uh, um, pretentious, I'm uh, omnipotent, I'm all-knowing, bull feathers. Anyway, uh, are you ready to go to the phones? Yes. Live and local programming in full effect here. Let's go to Liz, who's calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here, live and locally here on WABC, Liz. Well, I have a really bad lung problem where I was taking a walk, and all of a sudden, I had to cough, and blood comes gushing out, and I didn't know what to do. So I experimented. I went to a doctor. He gave me an antibiotic, but that didn't really help. A vegan diet was the only thing that had cured it. That's it. No, no, Liz. Uh, in, in fact, my resolution, you can see it in the New York Post, is uh, almost that, not quite. I've said, look. For the good of the world and for the good of myself, because, uh, you know, of all the physical problems I've had, uh, I'm going to become a vegetarian this year like my wife. My wife will guide me. I'm like halfway there now, but I'm going to go the full nine yards because 
I cannot afford to keep going into hospitals and having them open me up and then put me back. So for you, Liz, that's going to help you out enormously. Uh, for others, they might consider it. Doesn't hurt you. It can only help you. It's like uh, you know how your your grandmother told you. Yeah, I have I some. Heard you. Yes. Heard you on the air talk about it yesterday. Yeah, well, Liz, uh, you're going to make that full move towards that, right? So uh, my mother, uh, when my grandfather was Secretary of State, had diabetes for 10 years, and there was no insulin. And she lived without insulin. And finally got, was the first person in the world on insulin. Now, Liz, uh, you said Secretary of State of New York? No, of the of, uh, United States. Wow, and you don't mind sharing with us who that was? Charles Evans Hughes. Wow. Wow, this is really... also uh, Chief Justice. Yeah, this is really a great historical connection, Liz. Yeah, and but he taught her never to complain and to shut up and deal with life. <clears throat> That's how he got where he got. You don't get that way by being uh, weak. No, and then unfortunately, later on tonight, I'm going to go into that, why uh, our co-workers are less ambitious, don't want to work, just want to sit home and work their social networking and, uh, you know, watch Netflix. They want to Netflix their life away, Liz. America was built on people who work hard. I love your shows. I always listen to you. Well, thank you. And this year, hopefully we're going to guide you through this process, lung issues, are the most frightening because you lose your breath. And naturally, if you lose your breath, it's almost as if you're buried in sand or you're underwater. So I know what that must be like for you. I haven't personally experienced it, but I've seen people in your condition, Liz. So, yeah, stay stay on that path and stay connected to us at WABC and keep us informed how your progress uh, is uh, maintaining, Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, this is what I mean. Could you have gotten that from a guest? You know, everybody, lazy radio. Let's go to a guest. Hey, guest, come on. They're reading off a cue card. They never, they never get personal like that. Liz, we see the connection. We can hear it in her voice. We see it's a lung issue. And how many times have we seen people with lung issues and we turn our heads? <clears throat> yeah. We're afraid. We don't want to be in that condition where they're gulping for air. I mean, especially today with all of the concerns people have now with COVID and flu, you see people tense up when someone starts coughing. They're concerned that they're sick. They might infect them. Right, but I've seen people struggle just to inhale. Oh, yeah. And you realize, oh, my God, if they can't inhale, they die. No. You know, we take it for granted. And sure, modern medical uh Science has improved the ability to deal with lungs. But, for instance, like lung cancer, it's the quickest to take you out. And you don't just get lung cancer any longer from smoking. There are a lot of people who got lung cancer, and they're honest. You well, know, they're not lying. They say, well, I've never smoked before in my life. Well, and to, and to Liz's point, though, um, the, the food that you take in is just so very important. And I think it's really the way that you you conceptualize it. Because once you start thinking about... Um, anything related to aging or disease, it's really forms of malnutrition. That is when I think it's really a game changer for you because it's not that you're filled up. Oh, my stomach is full. I'm good. 
if you're not getting the right things every single day, your body is going to take it from you. It's going to take it from some organ. It's going to take it from a bone because it has to to live on a cellular level. So if you don't get the nutrients you need, your body is going to work against you. So if you give it what it needs, it has the answer to heal everything within it. You just have to make sure that you're on top of your nutrition. And that I think that definitely starts with a, a vegetarian, vegan diet. You have to be very mindful of what you put in your system. But everybody gets political about it. If you're a vegetarian or a vegan, that means you're liberal or progressive. Not look at our own James Golden. You can't be any more conservative than James Golden. He's a vegan, which is the most difficult thing to be. I mean, that's, that's it. And that's, an, that's a crazy thing to put that type of label on top of people who want to be healthy. I mean, you should want everyone to be mindful of this. Because there's a reason why the healthcare system is so huge, because people don't take care of themselves on the front end, but they don't even put a fraction of the money into teaching you nutrition. So there's no wonder that people are coming into the hospitals all the time. Why, why should you care if people decide they're not going to eat meat any longer or fowl or fish? Why do you care? I mean, if it's better for them, yeah. it's not a political statement. I've heard people, oh. They saw me, you know, in my resolution in the oh, you're becoming, you're becoming a liberal on us, huh, Kurt? The hell is this after? Giving up Mickey D's, the Golden Arches, where I made my bones as the night manager of McDonald's in the Bronx and started the Guardian Angels, what will be 44 years ago on February 13th, has nothing to do with one's politics. Nothing. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Snappers, uh, our staff here at WABC, the intruders from Philadelphia. And you know, Nancy, more so than anything else, what causes people to get depressed as they think back over 2022 as you go into 2023 is about their moms. Whether they lost them many years ago or their mother is under the weather, people tend to be closer to mom than they are to dad most times. It's not always the case, but I've noticed in talking with a wide variety of people from the poorest, the middle class, the wealthy, this is the time of year they think back to their mother, whether she's in a long-term nursing care home unit or she's under the weather or she's no longer on this plane. Yes. Don't worry. Mama, mama can't take care of you forever, right? Uh, even in these tough times, you can pray to mama. You can uh, try to derive strength from mama right up there because we know most mamas go right with an easy pass through the pearly gates. A lot of daddies, you know, St. Peter's like, really, pal? <laughs> You're trying to pimp a ride with mom into the Heaven ain't ain't happening. Where you're going, it's going to be nice and warm. You don't have to worry about weather changes where you're going. <laughs> Here's your asbestos suit. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. Um, 
And it's to uh, Gary, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here. It's 2023 means more live and local programming here at WABC, Gary. Hi, Curtis. I've been listening to you since Bernie Getz. Oh, 1984, yeah. the subway gunman, yes. Yes, sir. And um, I had prostate cancer, and I saw an interview that you did where you wished that you chose this certain treatment. I don't know if I can say the guy's name, but I took that treatment, and my PSA is 0.4 now. Um, it was about a year ago, so it's supposed to go down to zero. And I'd just like to tell you thank you for, for um, putting that interview out. Yeah, well, Gary, uh, for all of those uh, who might be in that situation, nowadays, at least, Gary, yeah, you're offered a panoply of different options. When I was yes, struggling sir. with my prostate cancer, everybody was, you got to get it taken out. It's going to metastasize. And I'm a tough guy, but you know something? I folded, and I had it taken out to yep. an operation. Worst mistake I've ever made in my life. Uh, yes, sir. And I, I'm a vet, and the VA was wanting to chop me, slice me, and dice me. So I borrowed the money, and I got it done, and I am so happy that I did it. No, and, and understand this. You're a consumer. You don't have to do what yes. the doctor tells you. Because remember, tell you straight up, if, you, if you're a surgeon and your job is to remove prostates because it has cancer, you have a quota hanging over your head. Because of your affiliation with a hospital, you have to have X number of patients or you lose your affiliation. And then you've got an office that you have to maintain. And if you don't do operations, yep. guess what? You don't have an office. You may lose your affiliation. So tell me there's not a man or woman out there who removes prostate that as you go towards the end of the month and you haven't met your quota, all of a sudden, I wouldn't have suggested it to Gary, but, you know, it's not, hey, at least... He'll have lost his prostate, right? And then the thing they do, Gary, you wake up, right? You no longer have a prostate. And the first thing they give you is a PSA test. And you say to your doctor. Yep, because they could leave the cancer there. Yep. Yeah, so you say, doctor, how come you're giving me a PSA test? Why are you telling me I have to go for a PSA test for prostate cancer, for prostate cancer every year? And then they go, well, you never know. You never know. Why didn't you tell me that before you went in with the scalpel? And then, Gary, there's a better one. I called a specialist uh, right uh, in uh, Baltimore, the name of the hospital. um, uh, I'm I'm thinking of it right now. It's the one that Bloomberg bankrolls uh, to the tune of millions and millions of dollars. Uh, Anyway, he was considered one of the preeminent experts. And he goes to me, Curtis, you know how I do it? I'm old school. I feel my way. You know, I cut you open and then feel my way to the prostate. I said, do you look at like a video, you know, with a, a probe in there? No, I can feel it. I said, well, what happens at John Hopkins if you touches? Right, if you touches off that day? He goes, well, you should be happy that that occasionally happens. But most times my touch is good. And you know what I did to him, Gary? I introduced him to Mr. Click. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah. Trust my touch. <laughs> well, partially because of your interview, I chose that 
the treatment I chose, and I am doing just fine. All the equipment is still there. Everything works, so thank you. But I will tell you this, Gary. I knew who my friends were in 2012 when uh, I had to go under the knife because I did an appeal. I said, could somebody donate a prostate to me? And then all of a sudden, every male friend I knew, because I, I don't know, maybe in today's society, if you're non-binary, you could have a prostate. I mean, how do I know? You know, that's the woke culture. But anyway, every male I ever knew, first thing I would say to them, Gary, you know, I'm really in need of a prostate. You think you could be kind enough to donate your prostate to me? And they walked away from me, Gary. They walked away from me. Of course. But like you said, today, if a guy doesn't need it because he's not a guy no more, you'd have a better chance. You would think, right? You would think that somehow... Because of the transition of people trans transitioning from their their what can we call it gender of birth to uh, maybe a yeah, different gender of birth yeah that if you don't if you don't want to be a male anatomically any longer and you're now a woman anatomically why can't they freeze those prostates right like they would a heart you know they like transport a or, heart organ donation yeah organ donation why not. Uh, we, we can use uh, prostates out there. Gee, uh, is there anybody out there who can donate a prostate? Yeah, there's a guy going through transgender modification. You know, he's get, she's, no, he, oh, I'm all confused. He's giving up his prostate in order to be anatomically a woman. He's doing a Christine Jorgensen. That prostate is available for you. Yeah, but then you really have to scan those people who give the prostate over because that's a lot of kids that could happen from that. All I'm saying is, no, there's got to be a better way. All my so-called Just have cats instead. I know, but all my all my fair weather friend, male friends, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to give you my. Were you my walking prostate. around with like a scalpel when you were saying this? To no, me? no, I was saying I, I know of a place we can go right now. They, they take your prostate out to put it on ice. <laughs> And I'll get your prostate, right? And Come on. And you're not sure why they didn't say yes? People do that with livers. They do that with kidneys, right? Who do you hang out with? I mean, think of it. Without which a lot of people would be dead. They get transplanted hearts, kidneys. I think that's livers. usually against their will, right? And why is it a prostate can't regrow itself like a liver can, right? You could be a booze head, right? You were getting all boozed up with the dropping of the ball <laughs> And you have a diseased liver as a result of uh, alcohol poisoning. And then all of a sudden they can cut a certain portion out and it regrows miraculously like clap, 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 clap. You know, like uh, what is that? Uh, a chia pet, like a chia pet. It, it regrows. But they, how come other organs don't regrow? I don't understand this. Why just a liver? I don't get that. I think a lot of people do a lot of damage to their liver. Where's Dr. Mikulos when we need him? Oh, the last time he was fighting the Congressman Peter King, not about a health care issue, but about Russia and Ukraine. Who's going to win the, the war? It was one of the best battles of all time at the 5 o'clock Yeah, no one was discussion. willing to, to give. <laughs> Our number is 1-800-848-9222. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Nancy, more bad news for you. When we finish up at 5, I can't go home with you to the 18 rescue cats. And Low Key, who is with us, 
uh, in the wee hours of the morning to welcome in the new year here at WABC. Uh, the runt of the litter, uh, that entire litter of kittens would have been destroyed, would have been euthanized by our city shelter system. And thankfully, you rescued her and her brothers and sisters. Well, boy, low-key, welcomed in the new year with John and Margot Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby here in our live and local and global programming. It was great, but I made a commitment. I'm not cheating on you, Nancy, but I do love disco. And Vinny Madunio, who is the prince of WABC now, spinning stacks of wax at five, has said, I can spin my disco favorites that I grew up with and I was on the dance floor with, with the patent, excuse me, not patent, the platform shoes, uh, the uh, polyester, waffle weave, flame retardant uh, shirts, and my uh, my uh, bell-bottom pants. So you don't mind if I, I do that for an hour with Vinny? No, that's fine, Curtis. I mean, I love disco. Yes. I mean, it's of our era. If you're a baby boomer, it's, it's disco. I know you didn't grow up with disco. These huckleberries here didn't grow up with disco. They have no idea, but I got I got to do it. I always said I wanted to spin sacks of wax. I wanted it, that song. A DJ saved my life. And I'm going to tell Vinny Madunio the stories of how DJs saved my life when the bullets were flying. Oh, you don't want to go anywhere. The live and local programming continues from 5 to 6. And uh, Nancy... If a lot of people would like to actually see how we welcomed in uh, the new year last night at this very place, the studio at WABC with John and Margot Katsimatidis and Reedy Cosby and Low Key, how can they do that? Well, they can go to your Twitter or your Instagram. It's Curtis Sliwa. Yeah, and the uh, social networking team at WABC, uh, that should have been that should have been you. We're, you know, too busy on Netflix and, you know, doing our own social networking. Oh, far this new generation. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to, uh, oh, Vinny. Vinny's calling from T.O. in Canada, Ontario. Uh, Hello. I was listening to you last night. I tried to get through, but no way. I just want to wish you good health to you and to your family for a better year. But you're not alone. Everybody has something. I'm almost completely blind. I get down. I get depressed. But I have faith in God. He's watching over us. That's the only way we can keep on going. Now, question, where in Toronto do you live? <laughs> I'm in Toronto, uh, <laughs> the west end of the Toronto. But oh, originally, oh, 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 I'm, I'm from Georgia. I'm very familiar. I mean, uh, Mrs. Uh, Mississauga is the world's largest paved suburb. Uh, I've been in Scarborough, the suburbs, but I've also been in uh, Jane Finch, Carter, Cabbage Town, Regent Park. I love Toronto. Unfortunately, they kicked me out of the country. <laughs> I've been in Canada 60 years. Now, do you um, happen to be Italian? No. Do you realize... Do you realize? Oh, you're Maltese. Yes, from Malta. The island of Malta. Oh, yeah. wow. Ba Baron Z. My father brought 10 of us to Canada for a better future. Wow, Malta. Oh, wow, this the is incredible. The only the Mediterranean Sea. The only person I ever met from Malta was Baron Miguel Cicluna, who was from Cicluna. the Isle of Malta. Wow. 
You know, don't remember who he is? The great wrestler, Baron Miguel Cicluni. That's, that's right. That's yeah, how we all right. learned how where, where Malta was. You know, yeah, from the Knights of Malta. Yes, it's a dot on the map. <laughs> well, you keep listening but, here, and I want to tell... I always listen to you when you're on. You and Giuliano, that's the only two I listen to. Well, you got to listen to us all the time. I'm telling you, what, Malta? Do you know what Toronto has more of than we have here in New York City? Nancy? People from Malta? Uh, that might be people from Malta. Uh, none of these huckleberries know here. More Italians live in Toronto than live in the five boroughs of New York City. Really? Oh, it's like, look, we came in with Guy Lombardo, right? Guy Lombardo was Italians. Yeah. Their family moved to London, Ontario, which is right outside of Toronto. All of his brothers, they formed a band that... Welcomed in the new year for so many years on radio and at the Waldorf Astoria, Old Lang Syne. Think you could find Old Lang Syne? Is that, would that be difficult uh, for you? I realize it's not part of your Spotify playlist. But this was Canadians. Wow. But Italians, Lombardo, see, Val at the end. Oh, that's right. Who came from Italy originally, settled in Ontario like a lot of Italians. Brace a little bit of the music. And then Guy Lombardo, we were struggling. Remember last night, I didn't know if he was alive or dead. I'm assuming he was dead. You were convinced he was in a bar around the corner. Yes. And he ended up settling in Freeport, Long Island, the Nautical Mile, which is all, you know, yachts and boats and that, because he had three speedboats. He used to race, you know, those speedboats going 250 miles an hour. What a great guy. Do we pay tribute to him, you young Huckleberries? Of course not. You have no idea who Guy Lombardo is. But you hear this song every year, right? You, you think I'm curious. You think I could Google this and see its origin? Of course not. You would much rather watch the two drunk skunks there. Although I guess they had to be sober yesterday for CNN. What, what's their name again? Uh, Cohen? Andy Cohen tr- from the tribe of Cohen and uh, Anderson Cooper. Yeah. Well, they were like goofballs instead of being serious like we were here at WABC. Look at them. They're, they're like, oh, well, let me scratch my belly. Wow, he's Italian? I didn't know. I didn't know there were more Italians in Toronto than in New York City. Gee, I came back from Little Italy. Hey, there are more Chinese in Little Italy now than there are Italians. What's wrong with you? You go to Little Italy up in the Bronx, like Vinnie Madugno's going to be talking about Arthur Avenue. Go to, you got to go to Arthur Avenue. And you see all the Italian flags... Except, you know, who owns all the businesses now? The Albanians, people from Montenegro, that's right. <laughs> and some Italians that are still left. Now they get me so angry here. I just... Let's go to Lori, who's calling from Yonkers. Thanks for joining us on this, the first live and local broadcast of the new year, Lori. Yes, hi. Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you. I was listening last night, and I was blown away. That was such a good show. I couldn't finish it because I had to fall asleep. Well, you... No, not that you put me to sleep. It was the six glasses of wine I had. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I met you at um, the event where Bo Diesel was running for mayor. I met Nancy. She's so beautiful. Um. Sorry about Bernie. I was waiting for him to come back so I could tell him we had similar experiences in Yonkers. 
And that's it. I don't want to take up too much of your time. No, no, Lori. Thank you for reminding everybody about Bernard McGurk, who, when he grew up in the projects, right, Monroe Projects, one of the roughest in the South Bronx, went to Cardinal Hayes High School. He was a Hayes man. And then he went up to Yonkers driving livery cab at night. You know what that's like? It's like uh, watching uh, the movie Taxi Driver with De Niro. Mm-hmm. You get the pimps, the prostitutes, the drug dealers, people who are drunk on alcohol, who can't pay the fare, so you just want to get them out of the cab. The guy was pistol whipped and robbed, and yet he always looked back fondly. He goes, look, that's where I made my bones, in the Monroe Housing Project, South Bronx, and in driving livery cab through Schlobein, the really tough projects there, Mumford Gardens, what I call Ghetto Square, Getty Square, Nodine Hill, rough areas. And we really do miss uh, Bernie because uh, he was the greatest of all time, multitasker, greatest producer, greatest talk show host, competing with him for that title now is our own John Katsimatidis, who not only owns the station and revived it and resurrected it, He's a great talk show host. He's a producer. He's a booker. I mean, <laughs> that's four things that he's accomplished. And you'll hear him in the morning uh, from uh, 6 to 10 with yours truly. Because I guess the rest of our staff, they don't want to come back. Those gold bricks, those slackers, those deadbeats. Those, what, what is that? No, 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 no. They're on Australian time. Yeah, Australian time. Hey! Sid, time to come home. Come on, Frank Morano. Time to come back from Atlantic City. Bill O'Reilly. The rest of you, time to get back to work. Being number one is the easy part. Staying number one is the tough part. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. So look at these hipsters and millennials, these huckleberries, our crew here at WABC, who keep scratching their heads saying, why do I have to work? Why do I have to work? I want to I wanna Netflix my life away. I want to social network my life away. And they're saying, wow, this is a great song. Rare Earth, you wouldn't know about it because it's not on your playlist here. You listen to Curtis Lee when I conflate not only... The blast from the past, like Rare Earth, which you almost never hear any longer. But I also take you way back to Guy Lombardo. And then I play electronic dance music, which these hipsters and millennials go, yeah, now I can pull out my blunt. It's my legal blunt now, of course. I would never buy black market. And I can get into a self-induced drug psychosis. Netflix, social network, Scratch my belly and never work again a day in my life. 
You feel better, you hipster and millennials? Oofa to all of you. Anyway, Nancy, uh, remember tonight, oh, may be the biggest of all animal welfare hours. Every week, 11 or 12, it's my wife, Nancy, the animal rescuer who gives so much advice to people with dogs, cats, and other animal issues. We'll go through a whole panoply of events. Uh, and uh, let's face it, that's been part and parcel of the station. Now, that's what John and Margo were talking about last night as we welcomed in the new year. The progeny that came from Meeps. People don't realize that John Katzmatidis, when he had his first supermarket, he had what we now call the bodega cat. Yes. Best way to keep rats, mice, and rodents away. But, oh, Department of Health, no, you can't do that. Pesticides. Doesn't work. And he talked about his love of Meeps. He carries around a picture of Meeps, uh, out of which 178 cats came who then became beloved by other people throughout the neighborhood because they would adopt it. They would come right to yeah. his store. Yeah. And they would go out and they'd be adopted into families. You didn't need a shelter. You didn't need the ASPCA. You had John Katzmatidis and Meeps. <laughs> what a great story that is. That's great. Now, if you go into a store, whether it's retail, supermarket, bodega, you know, Department of Health comes in. That's right. Do you have any cats here? No, absolutely not. I don't know what you're talking about. That was always the best remedy. Yeah, I mean, people still use it, even though they might get fined, because it just makes the most sense. And those are the best stores to go into when you, you know the cat. I mean, I know a couple of stores that I'm familiar with the cat. I walk in, you're petting the cat. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a nice interaction. Yeah, if a person might be allergic, I understand it. Yeah. Okay. Well, for the most part, most people are not. And what, we need a rat czar. You don't need rats, son. Huh? Yeah. Just use cats. <laughs> that, that will eliminate half the problem. By the way, how did low-key, the runt of the litter, enjoy celebrating the new year with all of us here at WABC last night? Oh, well, low-key had a good time, but, you know, c- cats, they're funny. They're, they take a little while to get accustomed to an area, so low-key was a little stressed out and then got tired and then fell asleep, but I think she was awake for most of the festivities. Yes, yes. Uh, again, we welcomed in the new year with one of our 18 rescue cats, the runt of the litter, who would not have been here. Nothing wrong with Loki, right? No. Physically, a uh, brand new kitten that was brought into the world. But, well, too many cats uh, in the shelter. They were going to put it on the assembly. Line. It's like death row. Yeah, and when they're small, I mean, you would think that they're small, so they have more of a likelihood to be adopted out. But that's not true because when they're small, it requires a lot of uh, time to take care of them because they're not yet able to, to fully do that themselves. So those will be the first to be put down because they don't have overnight staff. And that's a, that's a problem. Oh, it's a horror. Yeah. Uh, our owner operators, uh, John and Margot, committed this year uh, to fighting to save as many dogs and cats as we can in the shelter system here and throughout the tri state area. And the other thing, to uh, once again revive the memory of. Uh, uh, Bernard McGurk, because again, hipsters and millennials, I didn't hear that uh, entry into the program here where we're broadcasting from the Bernard McGurk studio at 77 WABC. Uh, yeah, you know, hipsters and millennials. Uh, hey, come see, come saw. It was nice. Bernie was here. But, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't uh, grow up listening to I Miss in the Morning. I grew up listening to what you listened to, which was FM. 
And what did you listen to in the mornings, Nancy? Z100? Yeah, Z100. Uh, like somebody else here who does our imaging. Oh, if I mention his name, I want to knock his schnoz right down his throat. He's so pretentious. He's so arrogant. I'm not even going to say his name because I feel like I'll soil myself <laughs> and I'll have to take a shower before I join <laughs> Vinnie Madugno and become a disco duck for an hour. You know who that is. I can't say it. I'll get him when he finally comes back to work. What, what are you, millennials and hipsters? You coming back in like another week or two weeks? You know, you think, you think it, this is not spring break. <laughs> this is work. Although, actually, it's not work. Do you feel like it was work coming here in the early morning and broadcasting to the world for New Year's? No, it, it felt normal to be here. That's right, because I'm always here, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> all right, let's go to the phones. It's Dorothy calling all the way from Houston, Texas. Your turn to be heard here, 2023, Dorothy. Well, first of all, Curtis, I will congratulate you on finally getting the correct partner, both on the radio and life. So, Happy New Year to both of you. Well, thank um, you. Thank you. Nancy is the keeper, and she has turned out to be a great talk show hostess in her own right, Dorothy. Absolutely. I'll just address one thing real quick about the cats, but I wanted to talk to Nancy about tomatoes because this is important. Um, the cats, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I was in Rome. They have a park in the center of Rome, and it's right in the restaurant district, and it's a cat park. Oh, and wow. it, kind of, it kind of goes down, and all the cats just kind of hang out there all day. And at night when the Via Veneto is empty and the restaurants are closed, the cats swarm the area. Oh, how funny. I thought, I thought 10, 15 years ago, why don't we have it? But that's not why I called. No, no, but so it's brilliant, Dorothy, because we are the second dirtiest city in the world, New York. And you know what the first dirtiest city in the world is? What? Rome. So that's why it is so important that they have the cats that are out there dealing with their problems. You go to Ankara in Turkey, there are cats roaming about. And there's yeah. an island in Japan called Cat Island where there are all cats. All cats. I know, because I listen to ABC, all Curtis, all the time. So, um, But in any event, let me just jump over to tomatoes because I don't want to take up all your day. Um I was at my daughter's house, Nancy, a couple of weeks ago, and she said, Mom, this tomato tastes like fish. <laughs> so I said to her, I bet it's from Canada. So she took the package out of the refrigerator, and she said, they're from Canada. Like, how do you know? So I've taken an interest in health and nutrition since at least 20 years ago when I started to have um, fibroid problems, okay. which many women get. And I tried to control them through food and nutrition. Um, however, what they found out in uh, Canada is that they extracted some fish DNA or oil or something and put it into their tomato crop. <laughs> and that allows them to get two harvests instead of one. Now, the packaging does not require wow. fish to be put on the content. And this is what they've done to our meat, our beef, <clears throat> our chicken. Sugar is in everything. It's destroying the American people. It's happened yeah. over the it's happened over the last thirty, forty years so slowly that people don't even realize it. I completely and, agree. Yeah. So, so it's I mean, the it's uh Dorothy, it's the genetic alteration 
well, as they grow yeah. crops. Well, so the, so the genetically modified foods. What's interesting is in the United States, the um, you know the food manufacturers they're fighting that very very hardcore because they don't want to have to put that on labels. Now in other countries you go to, they will indicate that it's genetically modified. And you should want to know that as a consumer that you're having something that was was made in a lab for for exactly like this purpose. Oh, well, it was going to be more um you know fruit production, so we're going to go ahead and genetically modify it. They don't know the the consequences of doing that and then ingesting it. I grew up on tomatoes. Uh, my grandfather Fidel Bianchino had the potato. Uh, excuse me, the uh, tomato patch in the backyard. God forbid he counted every tomato. So if I snatched a tomato, <laughs> he say hey, one yawn. Which meant, get the hell out of here. He knew that I had snatched a tomato. He would count them every day. But most importantly, you could take a fresh tomato you eat. It was like, oh, so good. But the Gavones in Jersey, Nancy, across the Hudson, the Gavones, they call it a fruit. How the hell are tomatoes a fruit? Now, the reason they call it a fruit because it's the cash crop, not marijuana yet in New Jersey. The cash crop in New Jersey are tomatoes in the Garden State. They grow more tomatoes than anybody else, I think, other than California. Well, the soil must be really good given all the garbage dumps they have, right? Let me tell you something. They have some of the best farms. They, right? they, they never get attention for yeah. that. No, well, they do all, man. They really do some great uh, agriculture in Jersey. They never get attention for it, but they call it a fruit. Now, on this side of the Hudson, we know it's a vegetable. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a fruit. Now, you, uh, when you were working your way through college, how many pizzas a day did you have to make to subsidize your college education at Stony Brook? I don't know, like 300 maybe. And that was always tomato sauce, right? Correct. Yeah. Was that a vegetable or a fruit? Were you putting a fruit in a pizza? No, I wasn't. If I want to put the fruit in the pizza, then you actually put something on afterwards, but that's not a fruit. Uh, you, you tell you talk to these folks and you're, oh no, it's a fruit, it's a fruit. You get out of here. Although I can't eat tomatoes anymore because of the chronic Crohn's disease. Yeah. I love to. If imagine if you had a genetic strain of anchovies in the tomatoes, what a lure it would be for me because I love anchovies. If I knew it tasted like an anchovy, I'd be back in the hospital. I, I I'd be eating like a whole case of tomatoes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not your choice. Huh? I see most people. Hey, hey, let me give a little tip here while we're on it in case you're uh, hoping to compete in competitive eating. I've competed in every competitive eating contest around the world. The most difficult hard-boiled eggs and haggis. You know what haggis is? Oh. And I've done relatively well with dirty water hot dogs, with pizza, with cannolis. Uh, and you have stomach problems today, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Attributed, I think, Second. to the being shot with five hollow point bullets. I don't think it's because I was be. the the four year world champion of eating sour, sour garlic. Well, it didn't pickles. help though. I, I'm so proud <laughs> I don't of that. Think it helped. But before competition, you know, everyone's lined up. The strategy I would have is I'd have a little tin of anchovies, and just like you're repulsed by anchovies, yeah. half the competitors would not be able to actually engage in competition because it's so grossed them out. I don't know what it is about anchovies that grosses out half the population. Or like if I was, when I could eat pizza, I would say, hey, Sal, I want you to put the anchovies on. Half the customers, did you have to say that out loud? Like half the customers just walked out of my pizzeria. Yeah, see, see how you are with it? Like, I love anchovies. My life. 
for an anchovy out of a tin can. <laughs> Let's go to David, who's calling from Belmore, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard, David. Hello, Curtis. Yes, Nancy. Hello. Listen, uh, I want to tell you a story. We got a cat that my wife got when he was eight eight weeks old, and <laughs> he's 17 now. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's got high blood pressure. And... Uh, hyperthyroid and the whole nine yards, but we had cats, you know, forever. And I just wanted to reach out and tell you guys what a great job you're doing. Okay. And we're cat lovers. <laughs> That's good to hear. Now, David, is, uh, um, who is that that we hear whispering behind you? Oh, that's my uh, alter ego, my wife, Marilyn. And you're both cat lovers. Hi, Curtis. I love your show. I enjoy you and uh, Nancy a lot. Yeah, well, part of our mission that Nancy introduced me to years ago was uh, to not only go out and help people, but help all those animals who are in need. The other day, we had on a woman from the Humane Society who reported to us, and it shocked our owner, John Katsimatidis, who loves animals Mm -hmm. like his wife, that six million total dogs Mm. and cats are slaughtered every year needlessly. Slaughtered every year needlessly. Yeah, it breaks your heart. Yeah, it breaks your heart. And, uh, you know, so we got strays that... Yeah, we feed, we take care Yeah, we're feeding them, but they're so feral, we'd like to catch them and get them fixed, you know, Curtis, and uh, we just, uh, we're kind of at a standstill here, but they're starting to come around, like when you open the door and give them, and say, kitty, kitty, and, you know, put the can of food down and the clink, clink. And where exactly do you, um, where do you live at? Uh, Belmore. Belmore. Belmore, New Jersey. Okay, and, yeah, and they, there's um, maybe like a local rescues near you where they can help you trap them. They put down the traps mm-hmm. this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're we're definitely going to look into that. Yeah, because if they're know, close yeah. enough, um, you know, to come directly up to the door, even though you can't handle them, then they should be easy to go into the traps. And then once they're fixed, you know, they'll just stay there. So yeah, it sounds like you're in a good spot to catch them easily. Oh well, that's good to hear, Nance. Thank yeah. you, mm-hmm. thank you so much. And, and then, uh, uh, David, know, David and uh, Nancy, can you explain the process for those who may not know? You're trapping them to do what, and then what happens when they when you bring them back? Well, so what happens is, so, so in this situation, because you're taking care of them and feeding them, um, the thing you just want to make sure is that they're not procreating, and also they're going to be healthier, too, because, um, you know, they don't have all the issues that go along with territory, fighting, um, you know, having litters. And what, they, what you do is uh, you put out these... Uh, trapping cages. So the food goes in there. You know they're fed on a regular schedule, so they'll they'll walk in there. It closes behind them, and then once you get them, um, they're going to the vet where they're being fixed. So spayed, neutered, getting a shot, and then they'll heal within like a you know a day or two, depending upon if they're male or female, and then you release them back to where you put them. So they will. Because they're habitual, they'll come back to the area, and you'll continue to feed them. And they'll you know after a couple of days, they'll be fine. And now they'll be fixed. And I mean, so that's exactly how you do it. That's how it works. And this way, they're going to maintain the area. New cats aren't going to move in. Um, you have your steady group, and you'll just care for them for the remainder of their life. Now, Nancy, when you introduced me to all of this years ago when I first met you, and I saw you bringing cats to Dr. Nasser in Brooklyn to get spayed and neutered, I noticed, and in my first visit, the first thing he checked was the teeth of the feral cats Mm -hmm. because so many problems come about because 
Naturally, there's no dental care for them. They're out in the wilds. They're chewing rocks sometimes. And he said to me, he goes, oh, the root of many of the problems for the outdoor cats is that nobody ever checks their teeth and deals with any of the dental issues they have. Just like a human being, if you don't care for your teeth, you can end up with a whole bunch of medical issues that have nothing to do with the teeth initially. Yeah, and, and that's for even domestic cats. Dental care, it'll go a long way in keeping your animal healthy, so that should be part and parcel of like a routine you have yearly. And what, what, what would that involve, whether it's a dog well, it's, or a cat? Well, it's really just cleaning because, again, the stuff's coming directly into your body, and that's one of the biggest interfaces between animals getting sick. Now, does this mean that they have to floss like human beings? Well, good luck trying to do that. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> trying to floss your cat or Fluffy. your dog? <laughs> Fluffy. Get over here, Fluffy. i got to floss you. Although, you know, the uh, matriarch of our 18 rescue cats... Uh, is Athena. Yes. She's a real diva. You know, you think AOC, you think J-Lo, you think uh, Mariah Carey. No, you got to think Athena. She is what kind of cat again? Norwegian forest cat. And she was a feral cat. Feral cat. That you took in as a little kitten who would have been destroyed in, in the shelter. And if you were to suggest to her that you wanted to floss her <laughs> teeth, she would allow well, you to do it. it. She'd love it. Because you, 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 put, you groom her. Oh, and she's, like, rolling around. She's, like, in seventh heaven, like she's at the beauty park. She tries to bogart everyone else's grooming. Yeah, it's incredible. And she knows she rules the roost. Don't mess with Athena because she tells them, I'm a Norwegian forest cat. What are you? Founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Time to come home, uh, Wayward Talk Show host here at WABC. Time to come home. This is your place to be, the number one news talk station in the nation. Enough of this vacation thing of yours. Let's pump that up. Come on, let's pump up that music. Don't waste one day on the radio. Sid Rosenberg, Peacock, time to come back. Frank Morano, your wine and cheese testing in Atlantic City. What the hell is that? This is WABC, your place to be. Brian Kilmeade, none of those scrubs you have substituting for you. Bill O'Reilly, the definition of, what is that, narcissism? No more of these phony baloney subs. It's like people want prime. They don't want choice. That's why they come to WABC. Your ass needs to be in this studio broadcasting like you saw all weekend long. And we'll see tomorrow morning with John Katsimatidis and Marco Katsimatidis. John was doing the morning show with me all week long and then doing his 5 o'clock roundtable discussion. You didn't see him off at St. Bart Kitts with all the trendoids and freakazoids. None of it's jet setters. You didn't see him down at, you know, South Beach in Miami. He's right here. There's nothing better than being at WHC. 
I don't know. I got to pimp slap these talk show hosts and hosts. Nancy, they tell me, oh, I need mental health uh, time. You need mental health? Why don't you take a permanent time? Give me that music here, you huckleberry. Yeah, they have no idea. They're so used to it, they just play like 10 seconds of music. You know, they're like, we don't need you. We could have robots with AI, artificial intelligence. We don't need hipsters and millennials. I got a Netflix. I got to do my social networking. Woe is me. I got to pay my student loans. What the hell did you go to college for? Oh, no, you're not paying the student loans. They're like, people are no consequence. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, now I can go out and I can I can blaze away, man. I can get some fatties legally in a weed shop in Greenwich Village. My God. Hey, Sid, time to come home. Hey, enough of this. Frank, come back from Atlantic City. What, are you going to lose every nickel, dime, you have a penny you have shooting craps? Brian, kill me. Time to come home. Bill O'Reilly, time to come home. Hey, Greg Kelly, time to come home. Bo Snurley, time to come home. They, they, they all like just cut and ran. And by the way, when they come back, they all say, oh, we're the number one news talk station. And then they say, guess what, guys and gals? I'm the man. Yeah, I'm the man. They, they all say that. What, what is it? It's the no, no, uh, whatever that is. Wait, wine and cheese tasting, is that like code word for something? No, every year he does this. No, what is that, really? Yeah, he has wine, it's a Velveeta cheese, low-budget cheese, and then, you know, like a 99 cents chemical wine from I Ernest. I hope he's not feeding that to Carmine, Velveeta oh, cheese. Oh, my God. And Ernest and Julio G, right? You know, it's sort of like Thunderbird, Mad Dog 2020, Wild Irish Rose, and then he's shooting craps, like for nights on it, he's going to have no money when he gets back. Maybe that's the only way to get these people to work. They got to be busted, broke, down on their luck, and then they'll they'll be forced to work. The Wall Street Journal, huge article to begin in the uh, beginning of the year. Nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to work. They just want to work on their social networking. They want to Netflix their life away, and they tell you, woe is me. Oh, I work so hard. How many hours a week did you work? 20, 20 hours a week. 20? Well, what is this, you freaking Europe? They consider 20 hours a week. Work this. I have. I can't think of one thing I've done here. Most of my 35 years in talk radio have been at WABC that I would ever consider it work. From the day I got the opportunity to broadcast, none of this is work. You know what work is? Being out there with all those crazies last night, right? Because, you know, nobody from New York City was down there with the mob, you know, from Montreal, Mexico City, dedicating their life to come up here, welcome in the new year, while wearing Depends for seven hours because you put in a cattle, a, a cattle containment and you can't even go to the bathroom. You love it. You love it. It's like you're a human piñata. Oh, yeah. Abuse me. I want to see the ball drop. Then you have people from New York who's got to be there because they're working. That's work with all these crazies blowing horns and screaming with rain falling down. But our, our crew here, um, it's so hard being a talk show. Yeah, well, go get a job hanging wallpaper. When are they coming back? No, no, no. It's nobody saying, where's my music? Where's that? Don't you realize, this is Curtis Lewa, that I always have the music bedded underneath? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> what, 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 what are you schmuck, you putz? What are, what are we coming with, right? What are we coming? That's right. 
together forever, and then we're going to finish up. We're never going to give you up. That's in dedication to my wife, Nancy, right? Or maybe it should be the other way. You better never give me up. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Well, what stratosphere are you hipsters and millennials in? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Anthony, who's calling from Westport, Connecticut. Your turn to be heard here in the year 2023 here on WABC, Anthony. Curtis, you have me laughing. I'm so glad to have discovered you're back on the air. I got Alexa, and I wouldn't have known with Alexa, you know, you know, any station. And I've been listening to you, and, you know, you remind me, growing up, I loved radio. I used to listen to Long John Neville. Candy Jones, oh, oh. Uh, uh, Joan Hamburger st- still on. The best. And radio, and you mentioned earlier about something, the importance of radio, the intimacy or the connection. And it's true. There's something very special. And I'm just laughing listening to you. Not that I'm making fun of you, but I just find you so amusing. Let me get and this straight, one. Anthony. Are you laughing at me or with me, Anthony? Oh. <laughs> For you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're so right. This interconnection, it is so personal, it's so intimate. You know, while these um, other big stars here at WABC were gold-bricking all week, Anthony, whatever they were doing, we had a bench that came in, and you've listened, Nancy. They they gave stellar performances. Uh, Dominic Carter was doing two two shifts. He was going overnight, all day, magnificent. Lydia Serrani, the same. Anthony Weiner, the same. And so it's almost to the point, Anthony, and I've warned my colleagues, stay away too long. And guess what? There won't be no place for you at WABC because our bench did an outstanding job. I look, we, we, we monitor like from hour to hour the stream. It's called the stream. Actually, our numbers were up. Our numbers were up while our so-called stars, uh, the uh, narcissists or whatever they, you would call that word, while they were away, the numbers were up. So, uh, are, hey, you want to stay away? Stay are they, away. Are they aware that people are pouring into New York City looking for jobs right now? Yeah, no, 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 no. They have no idea. But, Anthony, you're out in Westport. You're a okay. traditionalist going back to Long John Nebel's Candy Jones. He created Theater of the Mind overnight. Theater of the Mind. He did. Did, did you ever listen to Gene Shepard? Of course. And you know who else I listened to? I'm just remembering now. It was really um, Ed and Peggy and Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. Do you remember them? Yeah, battling, battling Bickersons of morning radio. Uh-huh. And from their own apartment. They, they broadcasted from their apartment, I believe, I recall. But, Anthony, I will tell you, I'll never forget my colleague at the time. He was broadcasting with me, uh, Rush Limbaugh, nobody ever bigger nationally, was the first to tell management and ownership of WABC at that time, I'm moving to Palm Beach, and I'm going to broadcast from my mansion. And I said to him in front of management, because it's always with me high noon, I said, Rush, that will destroy talk radio. You, When you walk in, to this facility above Madison Square Garden, you're dealing with real people with real issues. They might be a secretary. They might be in the mail order room. You may see them in the in the elevator. You can you you get a sense of what real people were going through when you're in a mansion in Palm Beach, Anthony. It's like if I stayed out in Westport, right there on the Long Island Sound. Well, could I possibly know what people were going through in Bridgeport or South Norwalk or Hartford? 
Yeah. yeah, and it it ruined. I'm telling you, it ruined talk radio because then after Rush, then we had Sean, my friend. Then it was Mark Levin. Now everybody wants to do uh, their their program from their their toilet, their back house. Yeah, set it up in my uh, bathroom there. I'll do a talk radio program. I did that with Rudy at his condo down in Palm Beach when I was there earlier in the year. And I said, no, 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 get your ass in the studio because that's when radio is best, Anthony. Anthony. I, 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 I'm, I'm a liberal person and my politics are different, but you transcend how I feel about politics. I can listen to you and not feel badly. That's right, because this, this transcends being a liberal. By the way, pay attention in the studio. We got a show to do here. I know these uh, hipsters and millennials, they like to talk with one another. Show, show time. Look at me, right? The host, look at Nancy. Because we're the people doing the show. Whatever you're saying to one another is of no consequence. Yeah, I, I got to smack these folks in the shape. <laughs> I'm here doing radio, uh, I guess, you know, for a paycheck. This thing that we love requires constant attention. It's like if you had a baby crying. Do you start talking amongst yourself while the baby is crying, right? my. Nancy, give me my Prozac right now before I go on an onslaught here and start throwing people out the window here at WABC. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's George calling from Mount Sinai. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, George. Hi, Curtis. It's George, the court clerk. Happy New Year to you and Nancy. Uh, Just to give you, if you give a shout out, if you speak to Sid, uh, Bernie was very proud of his daughter going to become a court reporter. I hope she stays at it. Nancy can tell you as a lawyer, it's a very good job. And just as trivia, uh, one of the greatest famous actors, Harvey Keitel, he started life as a court reporter in the Brooklyn court system. I don't know if you knew that or not. Nancy's too young to have known that, but uh, he was a court reporter before he became an actor. And um, I wanted to ask Nancy about cats. My wife and I go out to Middle Island by King Cullen. There's a cat, there's a place there, there's eight to ten cats live in boxes they set up for them. And people feed them. We bring them wet food. Is it a bad idea to bring them wet food when they're basically eating uh, dry food? And the second part of the question, uh, we there's one cat that's friendlier than the other. He actually comes up to us. I was thinking of taking him. We're older people. I don't know if you can transition a feral cat to the house when they're a few years old already. I'll, I'll listen to her answer. Okay, yeah, so um, I would suggest, yes, uh, the, the soft food is a good idea. Um, and to Curtis's um, conversation earlier as well with the dental issues, because so many of the outdoor ones do have dental issues, soft food is uh, usually an easier choice for them. And the reason people leave the hard food, obviously, it's not as messy, doesn't attract the same smell, so it just makes – and it stays longer. So that's why people would tend to do that. In terms of bringing in an older cat, even if it's a few years older – when they do grow up in that situation, they have a, a constant caretaker, so they have that human interaction. If the cat's coming up to you, I would try it, and you know, you'll know you be able to tell right away whether or not this is going to work. And also, if you bring a carrier, if the cat is willing to go into the carrier, that right there can tell you a lot, that this cat, you know, it might need a couple of days to, to warm up, but that's probably, you know, I would definitely try it. I would definitely try it. Yeah, because I'm a little afraid. You know, we're older. I would break my heart to take it. We can't handle it and bring it back. I, I, I would, well, but would at least like you know that, that it has a it has a good um, situation. It is being cared for, and it does have a colony, so it does have, you know, like a support system out there. So, uh, you know, in worst-case scenario, it still is being taken care of well. 
Now, a salute to George here, who, in his life as a court clerk, has seen the most famous and most infamous people uh, who had to go to court, whether they were going in uh, on their own volition or they were on a daisy chain perp walk, uh, ready to get processed. And George, uh, George has contributed so much of behind the scenes, uh, uh, connecting the dots for us that no guest could ever do. No guest who uh, is a so-called legal expert. And George uh, had the displeasure or pleasure, I don't know what it was, to see me come in in chains and shackles as I was being uh, prepared to go before a judge. Am I right or wrong, George? You're absolutely right, but I forgot something. When you were there, you were very serious. And there was a paper, Nancy would probably know it if she worked, I don't know if she works the Raymond part that does criminal law. But when you're arraigned, we used to give you a piece of paper, you have 30 days to appeal to the appellate division. And you were very stoic and you seemed pissed off and you wouldn't take it. And I said to you, Curtis, this paper may be easier than the paper inside to wipe your butt and you laughed. And you took it because you had a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. No, no. I used to come in. First of all, George, they're storing me behind the courtroom with all the mutts and scales. And the CEOs are saying, hey, look at who we got here, Superman. Who wants him in their cell while we're waiting? Raymond. And as you know, you don't want to spark up with anybody. You just want to come before the judge. You know, and they say, hey, come back in 30 days or whatever. And these guys, they all of a sudden want to make their bones on fighting me in the cell. So by the time you saw me, George, I had to be swinging and winging in that cell. All kind of guys coming up to me. Some of these black guys speaking pig Latin and thinking that stupid white boy doesn't know what we're saying. So as soon as I heard him talking in pig Latin, I hit them before they were going to hit me. I wanted you to tell me one other thing. Did you say that the Russians are addicted to Snickers? Absolutely, George. When I was in, let me tell you. So were the prisoners because when I wanted to give have a rest, and I go from the AR one courtroom to sit in the back so I can make a phone call. There was no cell phones in those days. I bring a handful of Snickers in, and I tell the guys, guys, here is Snickers, and so let me sit here and make a call on my wife. But it's the most amazing thing: the Russians, and I don't want to call them mutts, and the unfortunate. Defendants, they love Snickers. Oh, now, given a, a, a choice, let's say if you had to put out a table, you got Newports, right? You got Mentos. You got Honey Buns, which is like number one in commissary. I remember I'd say, hey, what happened to the Honey Buns? Sorry, gone. Snickers, and then you have ramen noodles. What would be the choice of the inmate population? Snickers. See? Snickers. Curtis, you could win the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> you could call the government up and say, listen, you want to go see Putin and settle everything. Bring about 50 million Snickers with you. Give them to Putin. Say, give them out as you want to cover your favor with your uh, citizens and let a few more of our prisons go. To this day, I don't know how they found out about Snickers in Russia. It's George, I- I'll tell you how. I'll tell you. So here I am. I'm in Gorky Park with the Guardian Angels. Uh, had been invited by the uh, mayor at that time, Leshkov, who was a real crook. And I'm with the Moscow police. And there's these 18-wheel tractor trailers. And the Americans who were there at that time, this is when, uh, uh, this is uh, after Gorbachev, uh, uh, Glasnost and Perestroika. So you had the drunk Yeltsin in charge and the oligarchs were like just ripping up the country, stealing everything they could get their hands on. So the Americans are giving out free Snickers to everybody. They are lines and lines free at that time. Anything free, they're on lines. 
And so they had a hearing while I was there in the Duma, which is their former parliament, in which the uh, elected legislators, yeah, they call that election, were screaming that this was a CIA plot to indoctrinate the Russians to Snickers. In fact, it's the only company when Putin went to war against the Ukraine that did not pull up stakes, continues to make Snickers. They have to because the Russians are addicted to cigarettes, vodka, and Snickers. Well, Curtis, have a wonderful New Year. You have a wonderful wife. Keep going strong, kid. Oh, and this year, George, dig up those bones and tell us more of those stories. I don't want to talk about the gangsters, but I'll tell you one thing. I don't want to say I used to have to go to the Gemini Lounge when I was a kid, but that's another story. The guy that um, Sid is supposed to be playing in that show that he's on. The movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's not, you know, the the Jewish guy was who used to call himself Chris DeMeo. He was a short little guy. He did his killing with guns and all. He wasn't really a tough. He was a tough guy. He was no good. But the guy I think that that uh, the morning guy is playing. He was a tall guy. He was called one of the twins, was he not? He yeah, was, well, the the twin were well, the twins were the guys that I grew up with. I taught them to play uh, stickball. So you have uh, you had Joey Testa and Anthony Center. The two psychos. Center is the guy. He was the tall guy. Yeah, to- total psychos. You know, to- I used to have to give them beatdowns, just teaching them uh, stickball. I mean, a simple game like stickball, and they- they'd be giving me a hard time. Who knew they'd go on and become psychotic killers, killing more than 100 people Khashoggi style? And then, uh, you know, they-, they were right out of central casting. The Tester brothers, they-, they were like, hey, the women were like all over them. But once they got their nose into the cocaine... It was over, and that, that was that era of cocaine. And, and it's interesting because Sid is going to be in this world premiere, the Gemini Lounge. It's a, it's a major movie. It's going to be in all the theaters. I told him you should have played Chris Rosenberg, who uh, George was talking about, who was the Jewish guy, first one to join, but wanted to be Italian just like Sid. And Sid goes to me, yeah, he was too short, which is true, just what George said. Later on in my many appearances at WABC from 9 to 11 and then again uh, from uh, 1 to 5 because Frank Morano has decided not to come back yet, I'm going to talk about how there has never been a better time to be a shorty short. There has never been a time in history to be short. Like Chris Rosenberg who got whacked. Because he had gone down to Miami, took a consignment of cocaine from the Cubans, and never paid him. And then Paulie Castellano calls Roy DeMeo and says, I know he's like a son of yours. But either you kill him or we kill you. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. This is dedicated to my wife, Nancy, an all-time classic. Never going to give you up.
Yeah, you got big shoes to fill, Vinnie Madunio. Coming up, you may regret letting me in on your hour where I'm going to be spinning disco records. I never got a chance to do that. I would go to the clubs and I would dance, but I never had a chance to disco. And you're going to see, I said, Bogart, Vinnie Madunio in the next hour. Right here on WABC. And then the entertainment continues. Joe Piscopo, Sinatra for two hours. Ramsey Monster sponsors it. Dean uh, Martin with uh, Dean Martin Classics. And then I come back again. 9 to 11. I can't get enough of this sweet stuff. That's right. Colleagues of mine, I'm going to warn all of you again. You stay away and I'm going to eat up your talk time real estate. How could you stay away from something like this? It's so great to do. It, like, pumps through your veins and out. No, it's work. Woe is me. This is their typical lines. Uh, Biden sucks. Uh, Trump has fallen off his horse. And, yeah, de-sanctimonious might become the next president of the United States. And it's like, is that all you got? Well, it's like I just heard my colleague talk about that. So I just want to replicate that. I want to see what... After a while, you know, I get a migraine headache. I think you could... Actually put some time into this thing of ours. I'm going to say it again. We're number one. News talk in the nation. It's a long way to climb out of the abyss. John and Margo were here with the dropping of the ball. Rita Cosby was here. Everybody else. Ah, Netflix. Wine and cheese. Drinking. Shooting craps. Uh, updating my uh, social profile, talking about how hard I worked last year. It is not work at all. It's such a joy to be with all of you, ladies and gentlemen, and we will continue this tradition. that on our holidays, New Year's, uh, Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Nancy and I will be with you because we know a lot of you don't have anybody to be with, and your friend, your family is really everybody here at WABC. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, Nancy, it's Myrna calling from Brooklyn. Uh, your turn to be heard, Myrna. Oh, hey, how, who did that? Take care, Abe. Yes, Myrna. Hello? Yes, Myrna. Oh, hello. Excuse me. I was in the middle of a conversation. I apologize for the neighbor to say to the neighbor, I'm going to speak to Curtis Sliwa. Am I speaking to Curtis Sliwa right now? In the flesh, Myrna. Mr. Sliwa, Curtis Mr. Sliwa, you're talking to a 72-year-old senior, okay, who is so thrilled to get to speak to you. I live in Williamsburg, and uh, earlier, I just tuned in like I do every Sunday on my way home from church. I can't listen to you as often as I'd like to. Tonight, I'm going to do that. First off, God bless you and your wife, Nancy. There's so much I want to say to you. I saw you during campaign being interviewed. uh, I forget which channel, and you had a cat on your lap. And I'm a cat lover, and I was a dog dog lover. I still am, but 72, I can't afford to have anybody walk my dog for me. Anyway, I am just so excited to get to speak to you. And the caller over at least about an hour. And right now I'm sitting right in front of my home uh, because parking here in my neighborhood is incredible, but I eventually get a spot. And uh, a gentleman spoke to you who was so grateful about having heard you speak regarding the prostate cancer. But I heard you a few years ago, and I noticed you didn't mention, and he didn't mention the name, 
But I know I heard you. I couldn't have dreamt this about who you finally got your treatment with, Dr. I'll just say L. And no, 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 no. Actually, it was uh, Dr. Samadhi who uh, had to go into oh. hiding because he, okay. he would try to do four or five operations at the same time. You know, that okay. was his, uh, he always would uh, encourage operations, operations, operations. And then the Boston Globe did a major profile of him. And there were men okay. all over the country who were stuck in the same situation that I was for quite some time. Okay. Impotent, incontinent, wearing depends. And all of a sudden he was like, well, not my fault. Oh, yes, it was, pal. Mm-hmm. Because there were alternatives. And you could have been in that uh, surgery. They call it robotic surgery. And I am telling everyone, Myrna, with all the options that are available uh, nowadays after taking a simple blood test, uh, surgery should be the absolute last remedy. You can always get surgery if the other measures don't work. Definitely. But what about, I just said Dr. L. Do you know who I'm speaking? Because I know I heard you speak of... Oh, Liederman. No, no, Dr. Liederman. I didn't know if I could Yeah, no, no, he's been he's been he's been a pal. He's taken care of my mother, my father. He's been there for so many others. So that's a good doctor. A Samadhi, bad doctor. Just like in any other field. You got the good and you got the bad. And don't I love it when people say, You gotta use my doctor. You know how many times people say to us and and I'm always the wise and I'm I say, uh, let me see the Scorecard, how many of his patients have died, you know? No, no, he's the best, you know, just uh, the best accountant. I have the best lawyer. I see that your lawyer friend here actually was your cousin Vinny, and he's been disbarred. (laughs) Oh, no, but that was a misunderstanding. Don't believe that nonsense from people. Even when the doctors are not good or the lawyers are not good or the accountants are not good, I don't know what people are. They always feel like they got to share bad with you and then somehow candy coat it as if it's good. Misery loves company. Or or now it's like, you got to do my podcast, right? Podcast. That's the flavor of the day. Everybody does a podcast. Our plumber does a podcast. Our dentist does a podcast. It's like, when the hell do you have enough time to listen to all these podcasts? What is your life like that of a hipster or millennial? You're Netflixing, you're social networking, you're scratching your belly, you know, and you're saying, I don't think I'll ever go back to work. You got student loans. Are you going to pay them? No, you sucker taxpayers. You'll pay my student loans. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Let's go to Judith, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Judith. Hi. I want to wish you and Nancy a happy new year, by the way. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. And I want to tell you something. I once uh, met Nancy. She won't remember. It was at the uh, cutting, what was cutting room, whatever. And um, and Curtis, I've seen you a few times. In fact, last time you were campaigning, I brought you some vegetable soup, and I brought you vegetables to the other guys over there. And you two make a beautiful couple. I just want you to know. I really want to tell you that. And also, I got very emotional. That's why I called when you had um, when you're talking about Bernie. Bernard McGurk yeah. was. Just one of the best. I think he was like, you know, they threw away the mold when they made him. He was just an unusual person, extremely humble, extremely bright, an amazing man. And, you know, every time I hear his name, I get emotional. I was crying before because 
I still miss him, and it hurts. It just hurts. He was. I can't believe he's not here. And I really appreciate the fact that, um, Curtis, you still want to keep his memory alive and you want to give him the respect, and that's really special of you. No, no, and but you know, our, 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 Judith, yeah. our entire station, our owners and operators, they n- renamed this the Bernard McGurk Studio. Although some of our uh, fellow broadcasters, I guess it takes, what, uh, um, uh, a nanosecond away from their talk time to say, I'm so proud to be in the Bernard McGurk studio. That's why, hey, Stunard, you hipsters and millennials in production, put in the pre-programmed statement broadcasting live from the studios of WABC, the Bernard McGurk studio. Is that so difficult to do? Of course not, but go ahead, Judith. Oh, thank you. Curtis, I want to tell you a story. Nancy, listen to this. Um, okay. When I was a little girl, I was born in Melbourne, Australia. You were talking about Australia before, Australian time, so I said, let me tell you a story. <laughs> so my parents had a factory, and I was very little. And uh, and then and then there was this cat, and I named the cat Mickey, thinking it's a boy, but Mickey was a girl. Turns out Mickey had kittens, and then ki- they had kittens. I ended up having like 12 cats. Every time I came back from school, I'd run to down the block and get some meat and get some milk. I was very little. And I would call for Mickey, and they'd come running from wherever they were. It was in the backyard. And my parents had in the backyard, there was like a, like a little small apartment with like a couple that had no children. And one day I come back, and the woman of this place tells me, I'm sorry. And she's telling me that her husband got fed up with all these cats. He collected all my cats put him into a bag, put some rocks, and drown them in the lake. I cannot tell you how upset I was. I can't even tell you. I love those cats like you can't imagine. And, yeah, and uh, Judith, you would be surprised how often that happens. But when it's state-sponsored, when the execution chamber is run by our tax dollars with our shelter system, and we permit that, John Katzmatidis said, no, this year we're dedicating to stopping that, as did Marco, as obviously Nancy and I are dedicating. And also this year is dedicated to the memory of Bernard McGurk, who when he passed away, when you read his Wikipedia, it says that he was a racist. And I'm dedicating my life to explaining to people, this guy was born in the toughest projects of the South Bronx. One of very few white people at that time. Went to Cardinal Hayes, integrated high school. Drove livery cab in Yonkers and Schlobein, Mumford Gardens, Nodine Hill, Getty Square. Guy didn't have a racist bone in his body. And all these people who write this never live next to black people, don't want to be associated with black people, do anything to run away from black people. You know, they go, oh, we're liberals, we're progressives. But I got to tell you something, a disgrazia on all of them, a shanda on all of them, because if anything, uh, Bernard McGurk proved how you could live in an interracial life and become a mentor for all those that grew up around you. I mean, that, that Bernard McGurk, truly, when you look under the definition of man's man, he's a man's man, that was Bernard McGurk. And again, I can't say it enough. He's not here with us because he didn't take a simple blood test. Women, get the men to do it. Men, don't cower away. They prick your finger. They take a blood sample. Once a year, it should be done starting at the age of 40. It saves lives. 99% of the people diagnosed with prostate cancer will live a good, healthful 
life that you must be tested. Make that a New Year's resolution. And this is the only time I give license to women to nag the men in their life to get that blood test. Well, Nancy, you're going to have to go back and take care of the cats because I'm putting on my platform shoes, my bell-bottom plants, my polyester shirt. I'm getting ready to uh, spin vinyl here. Disco songs with Vinnie Madunio. This is my dream come true. I'm going to be a DJ that saves people's lives.